Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hello, I'm Davis Carmen, Rachel's husband of 36 plus years. It's my pleasure to introduce this episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. It's titled, Stand By Your Man. We'll be right back after this short break. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens, This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. But look around you, your family, your faith, they're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. We're back. This is part one of two with Rachel Carmen presenting Stand By Your Man. So there's a new reality um, plan sort of on the theme of Survivor. Six men will be dropped off with one van and four kids each for six weeks. (laughs) It gets really good. So listen, Um, each kid plays two sports and either takes music or dance classes or both. There is no access to fast food. Each man must take care of his four children, keep his assigned household chores clean, homeschool, complete a science project, cook, and do laundry. The men only have access to the television when the kids are asleep and all chores are done, and there's only one television between them and no remote control. (laughs) I love this. The men must shave their legs and wear makeup daily, which they must apply themselves either while driving while making four lunches, they must attend weekly co-op meetings, clean up after their six children at 3 a.m., make an Indian hut model with six toothpicks and a tortilla, tortilla and tortilla, sorry, and one marker, and get a four-year-old to eat one helping of peas. <laughs> the kids vote them off based on performance, and the winner gets to go back to his job. <laughs> 
I love that, you know, because it reminds me that what we do every day is kind of a big, hairy deal, isn't it? We do it all the time, and then if we just step it, take a step back and really consider what we actually do every day, it is really crazy what we do every day. So this session today is actually on what it looks like to be a wife and stand by your man. And I want to start with, I'm a Texas girl, I think I mentioned that yesterday, and I want to start with a good old country western song, which I promise not to sing for you. But Tammy Wynette said, sometimes it's hard to be a woman, and you have to say this with a twang or you don't really get the gist of it, giving all your love to just one man, because in country music, man's a two-syllable word. You'll have good times, and he'll have good times doing things you don't understand. But if you love him, you'll forgive him, even though he's hard to understand. And if you love him, oh, be proud of him. We're going to come back to that. Because after all, he's just a man. Stand by your man. Give him two arms to cling to and something warm to come to when nights are cold and lonely. Stand by your man and show the world you love him. Keep giving all the love you can. Stand by your man. You know, I'll tell you, after 27 years of marriage, it's a lot easier to sing that song than it is to do it sometimes. Isn't that true? I know it is for me. Marriage is not an easy thing. It's a challenge. It's a determination. And we're going to talk about that today. So my first question for you today is, do you remember this day? Do you remember the days that led up to this day? Do you remember dating? Do you remember the first time you saw him? Maybe across a room. Maybe it was him that saw you. For, do you remember when you met him for the first time? Do you remember the first date you went on? Do you remember it all? Do you remember planning for this day? Davis and I actually met on June the 25th and married on December the 20th of the same year. From the moment that I met him, I knew that he was who I had been praying for. My dad met him on our first date And after closing the door when Davis left, my dad looked at me and said, Kitten, that's the man you're going to marry. And I didn't even know that then. I just, like, knew the guy's first name and that he he drove a really cool car. (laughs) I didn't really have any aspirations. And then my dad said that, and I remember looking at him the next time we went out, looking at him going, can I live with that for the rest of my life? And we had a whirlwind engagement in marriage. But I remember planning. I remember when we went to pick out the napkins. I remember figuring out the cake. I remember my mother made my wedding dress and beaded the the bodice of my wedding. I remember that. But it is easy once we get a few years into marriage to forget this day. But I want to tell you, remembering this day is key. And I want to even encourage you to recount this day to your children. Your kids will love to hear your story. Now, Frankly, I don't like to really tell my story to my kids right about now because now I've got kids of Marian age. And so when they're thinking that I met someone on June the 20th, 25th and got married December the same year, they're like, I like that plan, right? And actually, my husband's grandparents and parents eloped. And so these are not stories that I'm really anxious to tell my children about, (laughs) but they are stories that they love to hear. Your kids need to hear about you falling in love with each other. And your wedding day. And if you've got a video, your kids should see it. If you've got wedding pictures, your kids should see it. You should talk about this day. This should be a place that you visit often, the memories of this day. I believe that culture has worked diligently 
to hijack the word submit. Anybody else? I believe submit is a beautiful word, biblically speaking. But our culture has taken it to mean being a doormat, being used and abused, not having a voice, not being able to communicate, not having an opinion, and that's not what it means biblically. In fact, one Christian writer wrote this, God made woman from man's rib, not from his head to top him, nor from his feet to be walked upon, but from his side to be his partner in life, from under his arm to be protected by him, and near his heart to be loved by him. I want to suggest to you today that we have an opportunity to submit in the beautiful way that the Bible talks about it, to yield to, to choose to come under, to cooperate with. That's what we have the unique opportunity to do. And when we do that beautifully, we impact the next generation. I want to tell you today that you have an opportunity to start blessing your future in-laws now. So I have seven children. My oldest is 24, 21, 18, 16, 14, 10, and 12. Why did I say this backwards? I have an opportunity before I even meet who they'll marry to impact their marriages by how I live out mine. And I want to challenge you to do the same thing. I want my children to have fabulous marriages. I want my daughters to be great wives. And I want my sons to be great husbands. And how do I start preparing that to happen? How do I start impacting it? I start living it now. Now, we can all argue that we are in a very difficult time when it comes to the definition of marriage. So my oldest son just graduated from college last weekend. So we were in New York City for his graduation. And I'm appalled now at how overt same-sex relationships are. I can't go to New York without seeing same-sex couples together. And it just, it just, it saddens me. It angers me. And so I'm walking along the streets of New York with my second oldest son, Anderson, and I sit, and there's this couple headed our direction, and they pass, and I'm like, I just hate that that has become so prevalent. And he's like, Mom, I don't even see it. And I said, that's what makes me mad. That's what makes me mad. I get that you don't see it. And that's exactly what they want to do. They want to normalize it. And he goes, wow. So this is my question to you. I bet all of you would sign a petition for the defense of marriage. Maybe most of you have. Are we living a defense of marriage? Are we living a marriage worth defending? Because that's our charge. It's easy to take a pen, pick it up, sign on the dotted line and say, I believe in one man and one woman. That's the definition of marriage. But my charge to you is, as a wife, are you living a marriage worth defending? Do your kids look at you because they're looking at you? And do they say, I want that? I remember shortly after my oldest son met his fiancée, he came home one weekend from college, and he hopped up on the center island at about 1130 at night, which meant I'd been trying to go to bed for the last two hours. And he hops up on the counter in the kitchen. He goes, how do you do it? I want to know how you do it. 
I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I was cleaning up after making Chinese food. So I'm thinking he wants my recipe for my Chinese dumplings or something. I'm like, do what? And he goes, how do you and dad do this? How do you do it? He goes, I grew up here. It was just the way it was. I've now been in New York for three and a half years. This is not the way it is. This is not the way it is. I talk about you and dad. I talk about having dinner together. I talk about you going on dates. I talk about you. We celebrated your 25th wedding anniversary. I talk about this, and everybody is looking at me like I'm talking about visiting Mars. I want what you have. How do you do it? That's what we're trying to do. Hey there, I'm back. I'm Davis Carmen, Rachel's husband of 36 plus years, and I hope you're enjoying this presentation by Rachel titled Stand By Your Man. I know I am. We'll be right back after this short break. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. We're back. This is a continuation of part one of two with Rachel Carmen presenting Stand By Your Man. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we've been charged with doing is passing on this baton, this passion for marriage, this passion for being a wife, a helpmeet to our husband. And I mean helpmeet in the most positive way, not a degraded way, a positive way, supporting our man. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the word submit, we're going to use it as an acrostic, S-U-B-M-I-T, and we're going to start with the first point is we must seek God. We must seek God. Again, I want to suggest to you that many of our marriage problems start because we're seeking to put everything in our man and not in God. In Matthew, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. We're to do that with God. We're to love God with our entire being. And sometimes we put all of our being on our man instead of on our God. And we don't keep God on the throne. We want our man to be on the throne. And you know what? He can't do that. 
I haven't met any of your husbands, but just let me tell you, he can't do that. It's a, it's a setup. So what does it mean to love the Lord your God with all of your heart? It means to love the Lord your God with all of your attitude, with all of your character, with all of your will. What does it mean to love the Lord your God with all of your strength? It means with all of your effort, with all of your energy, you're loving God. What does it mean to love the Lord your God with all of your uh, heart and strength, with all of your mind, with all of your intellect, with all of your understanding? You love God. And what does it mean to love the Lord your God with all of your soul, with all of your affection that you love God? You've got to love God first if you're going to be able to submit to your husband. Because sometimes, let me just be clear, we're not going to feel like submitting. Amen? Do you just wake up in the morning going, I can hardly wait to do whatever my man wants to do today? Come on now. I don't. Sometimes David says, we're going to do this, and I'm not wanting, I'm not feeling it. Is this about feeling, ladies? It's not. It's not. I remember many years ago, my husband's youngest brother called to say that he was divorcing his wife. And we were kind of the last to know. And he called and he said, I know you're not going to understand this. I was talking to him on the phone. Davis was at work. He goes, you're not going to understand this because you and Davis have just always been so crazy about each other. And everything's just always gone so great for you. And you're, you're just not going to understand this because y'all are just crazy about each other. I had just given birth to number seven. <laughs> I was in that beautiful postpartum, whatever that is, unpleasant period of life where, you know, you want to simultaneously dye your hair blue and shave it all off. That period of time when you shouldn't commit to anything because there's no telling what it is. You don't remember. It's just bad. Not. And I said, are you kidding me? I said, and I said this, and I'll go on record saying this again. I would have divorced your brother years ago. But I made a commitment to God. This is not about how I feel and how he makes me feel. This is because I committed to, before God, that I was going to work this out and honor God because I stood by my man. This is not about feelings. God is good, and as we determine to follow him and to honor a commitment that we made before a holy, mighty God, do you understand that when you get married, you make a commitment before a holy, mighty God? That's a serious thing. And our culture has let us cut, get all caught up in how we feel about it, and we get into it and go, you know, I'm just not, I'm just not feeling it anymore. Just not, it's just, you know, just, I'm not feeling it anymore. That's not an out according to what I read in Scripture. I made a promise. And God is good. God is good as we have walked through some deep valleys, and we've walked through some deep valleys. I love that man more, and I respect him more. But it's because I'm seeking God first and not Davis first. So I want to submit to you, we must, must, must seek God first and not, not put our husbands on the throne. Next. I want to challenge you to understand your man. 
In Galatians, we are admonished to serve one another in love. We got to know him in order to serve him. Do you know who he is? I don't want to serve Davis today the same way I would when we first got married. Because guess what? We're not the same as we were when we first got married. Hallelujah! We were watching videos recently of the two of us as newlyweds, and I was just like, oh my goodness, someone destroy that tape. God has been so good and has grown us through so much. I don't want to be the same person I was 27 years ago. I hope that by God's goodness and glory, I have grown way past that. And so this getting to know and understand my man, that's changed. 27 years ago, these might have been his favorite things. But you know what? They've changed. We need to continue to study our man. I remember when we were first dating, I wanted to know everything about Davis Carmen. I wanted to know everything about him. And I remember studying and thinking about questions I would ask when we went out on Friday. Okay, this time I'm going to ask this and this, and I want to know this, and how was this? You know, somewhere between kids and homeschooling and nursing and weaning and college and somewhere I've stopped studying him and started studying my kids and that's important but he's taking a back seat he can't take a back seat I still need to study and invest in him I hope that you're familiar with the five love languages five love languages according to Gary Chapman um, physical touch time together gifts acts of service Words of affirmation. And I'm going to tell you, that has changed for both of us. What our primary love language was when we first got married is not the same as it is today. You may be sitting there going, that, know that. Well, you know, you might want to revisit that. It's changed substantially for both of us. And I think it's because of some of the things we've been through. Seven children. You know, communicates love to me. Someone who changes the toilet paper. That communicates a lot of love to me. That someone takes the time to do, folds a load of laundry. Acts of service have become very loving to me. And that wasn't true in the beginning. In the beginning, I had it. I didn't need I got it. But now, that's a lot of love for me. I'm married to a man who runs a company. Words of affirmation are huge to him because he hears a lot of complaints and a lot of criticism. So study your man. What is it? What is it? And then I want to invite you to pray for him. Uh, one of my, probably my favorite prayer resource is called Prayer Portions by a woman named Sylvia Gunter. S-Y-L-V-I-A-G-U-N-T-E-R. Prayer Portions. And it's like a prayer workbook. And she actually has four volumes now. But I'm talking, it's eight and a half by 11, and it's about an inch thick, maybe an inch half thick. I used to actually travel and show people, but it was kind of bad because there's a page that talks about the foxes of sin, and I found a group of women huddled over my foxes of sin, and I decided perhaps I do not need to travel with my copy anymore. So I do not. But it is an excellent resource for you to get and to, to study through. She has lists of the characteristics of God with scripture for each one of them that you can study and memorize who God's, God is. She has... Um, the different attributes of God. She talks about the foxes of sin, how you can root those things. It's just an excellent resource. And in there, she has praying for your husband. 
Stormy O'Martin also did a book, The Praying Wife, which is also outstanding. But this is praying for your husband, and she has scripture for each one of the following things. And this is as you know your man. Because I want to tell you, if you don't already know, your man is working every day if he leaves your house to work in a very vile, visually assaulting context. Um, As someone who spends a fair amount of time in airports for about three months out of the year, I am, I'm just offended by what women are both wearing and not wearing in airports. I would like to scream, get dressed. Um, And it's flaunting. And these businessmen are going through these airports and, and we need to be praying for them. And so in here she has pray for his head, his mind, his eyes, his heart, his arms, his hands, his legs, his ears, his nose, his mouth, his bones, his feet, and for your marriage. I mean, it's really, it covers the whole man. As we understand our man and where he is, we need to understand his love language. We need to understand what his favorites are. You know, what's his favorite thing to drink? What's his favorite um, way to relax? Where's his favorite place to go? What's his, you know, what are his favorite, favorite time of day? What are his favorite things? As we know these things, then we can pray for him. He needs to know that we're praying for him. And we pray for him based on who we understand him to be. And let me tell you something else. I have a propensity to slip into a sermonette. Anybody else? Let me tell you something about being a wife that you probably already know, but maybe I can articulate it in a way that we can all come together on. There is this line between encouragement and nagging. Yes? There's a line. We'll pretend that the line is somewhere here. And some places that line is very, very thin. I mean, it's like a hair. And one second you're encouraging, and the very next second you have fallen over into nagging. Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. And sometimes the line is very big, very wide. But you don't always know which one it is until you fall over it. Right? Okay, this is where it gets tricky. The line moves. Doesn't it? The line moves. Because sometimes on the same issue, you're encouraging, 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 and it's taken as encouragement, and you both know that it's encouragement, and the very next day or the very next moment, somehow you slipped into the land of nagging, and you didn't even know it. You need to come to know your man when you cross the line. That's part of knowing your man, is when can you encourage him? What's encouraging to him? What's nagging to him? Where is he today? It all comes about knowing him. Again, we're homeschool moms. And, and we've made it a priority to know our kids and their learning style. And are they random or abstract or sequential or concrete? And, we, we, and are they kinetic or verbal or, or uh, what's the other one? Audio. And we, we know our kids, right? But our, our husbands have gotten lost in the shuffle. Let's go back. And figure out who that man is. Let's love him. Next. Oh, here's our pictures of your man. Dun, da, da. B. Got three B's for you. And we're going to take it slowly right here in the middle. So, be available, be beautiful, and be contented. 
I didn't feel like there was one B that really hit all that we needed to talk about here, so I've, I've made it three. I want to charge you to be available to listen to your man. You need to be available to listen to him whenever he wants to talk. See, I joke about my teenagers. I'm up very early every day, not because I'm an early person, but because I need to be. My kids don't get up as early as I do, but they love to stay up late, right? And I joke about how I will accommodate my teenagers. Or when my son was living in New York, if my phone rang at 1 in the morning, I was going to answer and talk to my son because he's calling, right? And we accommodate our children. But sometimes our husband wants to talk and it's not convenient. We're not accommodating him. It's like he's a grown-up. Dude, don't you, can't you tell this is not a good time? And my response would be, can't you tell that this is the time he needs to talk to you? I promise you, just like your teenagers, you want to be the go-to for your teenagers. You want to be the go-to for your man. And that means you accommodate. That means you sit up in bed. That means you rub your eyes. That means you are available to listen to him. That means you set dinner aside and order pizza. That means that when your man is ready to talk or needs to talk, that you accommodate that conversation, that you make it a priority. I talk to wives and they go, he just doesn't get it. He wants to go out to coffee and have a conversation. I'm like, well, praise Jesus. He wants to talk to you. And he wants to buy you Starbucks. It sounds like a win-win to me. Let us not fall into the sin, I would say, of accommodating our children more than we accommodate our man. We need to, if he wants to talk, we need to be ready and willing to listen. And that's what we need to do is listen. We need to listen. Second, I want to admonish you to be available intimately to your husband. You and I have a unique opportunity to minister to our husbands, to meet a very real need of our husbands that no one else is supposed to meet for him. And many of us are perpetually putting him off. I want to encourage you, don't put him off. In fact, I'm going to dare you here today, and I will not have a raise of hands, but I'm going to dare you to take a 30-day challenge. Let me back up. When I was living in Ohio, I had some friends that taught me some amazing things. I'm so grateful for my time there. I was a young mom. I was five years into marriage. And these women, just by living in front of me, taught me so many things. And this one couple in particular had a really good marriage. I mean, they just got each other. They were in sync with each other. They communicated beautifully. It wasn't anything fancy. It was just remarkable. And I asked her one day, I said, and she said, you know, you're going you're gonna to think this is silly. And she goes, so let me tell you what I think it is. She goes, we pray together. We seek God together. She said, but I'm available to him, and he knows it. And I have chosen to intentionally enjoy it. She said, it has revolutionized our marriage. And I was like, oh, get out. Really? And she goes, try it for 30 days. Changed my life. Changed our marriage. I challenge you for the next 30 days, don't turn him down. terrifies some of you. Don't turn him down. 
If he makes an advance to you, glory to God, he's making an advance to you. He's making a move on you. That is a good thing. He finds you attractive. He wants to show you how much he loves you. I get that that may not be what that is to you, but it is to him. Give him the opportunity to love you in that way, that God has ordained for the two of you to come together in oneness. I really believe it is the secret to a a really good growing marriage. It brings you together and solidifies your relationship in ways that other things, conversation can't. Conversation does not solidify your relationship like your intimacy does. And when you respond to him, that does something for him that nothing else does. He's got people turning him down and ignoring him and criticizing him all day long. Don't join their ranks. He needs to know that when he makes a move on you, you're responding positively. That's huge. That is huge to him. Respond to that. Be available to him. Let him know that you're available. It it just totally shocked Davis. You've been listening to Rachel Carmen present Stand By Your Man. This has been part one of two. You can listen to part two in the next episode. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible Curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, or art to make, or perhaps businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. If you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform today or lifeaudio.com.